0: Welcome to the Moving Markets podcast on Wednesday, the 30th of August with me, Bernadette and Derko. We've got lots of news to catch up on and Lucia Cechulovic is going to fill us in on the main stories in the financial markets shortly. And I'm also joined today by Dario Messi from our Fixed Income Research Department to fill us in on the developments in the bond markets after the Jackson Hole meeting last week and also to tell us about a few changes in our current recommendations. For now, though, let's crack on with what's been moving markets overnight. Good morning, Lucia. Good morning, Bernadette. So uh, last week, we had lots more of politics and central banks in focus. And this week, I think we're back now to macroeconomic data. Um, yesterday, the latest US job opening data was released. What did that tell us?
1: So Bernadette, US job openings fell by more than expected to a more than two-year low. Also, the so-called quits rate dropped to the lowest level since the start of 2021. And this rate measures voluntary job leavers as a share of total employment. The drop in this figure implies that Americans are less confident in their ability to find another job in the market. Um, So this is actually fresh evidence that labor demand is cooling, you know, as it was the sixth decline in the last seven months. And what might sound like bad news at first is actually not so bad after all. So the cooling of the labor market implies that wages could stop rising further, which would help to slow down inflation. And Fed Chair Jerome Powell also suggested last week that should the labor market continue to loosen, inflation can keep on its downward path. However, it is also worth noting that despite the easing in the demand for workers, unemployment remains historically low. Okay, so all in all, that's uh, good news,
0: and I guess uh, markets reacted positively to that.
1: Yes, they did. So uh, U.S. stocks climbed the most since June, and nearly ninety percent of the S and P five hundred companies rose. Treasury yields, meanwhile, uh, fell on speculation that the Federal Reserve will be able to pause its interest rate hikes in September. And to add some colour to the rate hike expectations, traders are now pricing in uh, around 55% probability of a quarter point rate increase in November. And only yesterday, actually, before the data, that probability was still at 75%. Also, market participants now expect the start of rate cuts to begin in June instead of July next
0: year. Okay, so uh, on the subject of interest rates, there's some fiddling going on with rates in China at the moment, isn't that right?
1: Yeah, so there are reports that China's largest banks are preparing to cut interest rates on existing mortgages and deposits. And this is just the latest state-directed measures to support the weakening economy. The Chinese government is really just trying to boost consumer spending and drive more money into the stock market. Um, So uh, stocks in Asia first rallied on the news, but they came off their highs as concerns over the economy do not evaporate so easily, you know. Indeed, you're right. Um, Now, switching subjects. In
0: other headlines yesterday, um, we saw one about Bitcoin and the possibility of an ETF being launched.
1: What's the story there? So there was a ruling from a federal court in the US, which gave an investment company the go ahead to launch the first Bitcoin ETF in the United States. And this is particularly interesting because this new ruling actually overturned the decision by the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission to block this ETF. So, as you would expect, Bernadette, this has been welcomed by the markets as it would allow investors to gain exposure to the performance of Bitcoin without actually having to own it. And as a result, Bitcoin's price jumped yesterday afternoon, but this was somewhat short-lived as prices already fell overnight.
0: Okay. Now, we haven't talked about Europe just yet. What headlines uh, are you seeing there?
1: Well, there are a few reports around the UK property market. Um, So home sales in the UK are on track to drop to the lowest level since 2012 this year. And the reason for this are really just the stubbornly high mortgage rates, which come at a time when households are already facing a stream of cost pressures.
0: Okay, so uh, what can investors expect for the day ahead then?
1: As for European stocks, they look set to open in the green on the back of the good news from the US and China. Investors here will be looking out for the Eurozone economic and consumer confidence figures out today. And there will also be a number of CPI data sets out today, which will be interesting to watch And coming back to the US labor market, which we discussed at the beginning, we will get more clues on that with today's reading on private payrolls and tomorrow's jobless claims figures. The data will precede Friday's government report on the labor market, which is forecast to show employers increase their payrolls by 170,000 in August, while the unemployment rate will likely hold steady at a historically low 3.5%. And we will also get US GDP wholesale inventories pending home sales later today, which will all give more indications on how the US economy is doing. And that's about it from me for today.
0: Well, thank you. There's a
1: lot of data to look
0: out for. Thanks for the update, Lizia. Thanks for having me, Bernadette. we had our chief economist, David Cole, on the podcast yesterday, reviewing the comments from participants at uh, Jackson Hole. Today, we've got our fixed income analyst, Dario Messi, on the show. Uh, So we might as well start our session by discussing the bond markets reaction to the statements uh, from Jerome Powell and company. Um, Good morning, Dario.
2: Good morning, Bernadette.
0: Yeah. So we had a lot of talk from these global central bankers on Friday, Dario, but they didn't really impart a lot of detail. So how did the bond markets react?
2: Yeah, in indeed, very little guidance as you discussed also already yesterday with uh, David. I listened into uh, the episode, and yes, there was no pre-commitment from any of the big central bank chiefs, and this was also pretty much reflected then in the bond market. So no movement was triggered basically by the the, the Jackson Hole symposium, and you know the market is doing what Fed Chair Powell says it should do. Powell says, "I don't know." It either at the moment where policy is heading, look out for incoming data. And this is exactly what, what the market is doing. Um, Lucia mentioned it just before with the job market data, job opening, schooling, uh, some rebalancing of the demand and supply in labor market. Uh, which should ensure that there is no kind of nasty wage price spiral ahead of us. And on this incoming data, the bond market reacted, went down, while on any kind of new inputs, which at the end, uh, as we just discussed, is not really kind of changing any direction from from the uh, policymakers, the bond market at the moment is uh, less reactive.
0: Okay, so if we move away from the Jackson Hole discussion, You've been discussing in recent weeks that you felt less convinced about the emerging market segment of the bond market. Um, A reminder for listeners, we did previously have an overweight on emerging market bonds denominated in hard currency, such as the US dollar, and now you've downgraded this back to neutral. So could you talk us through that decision, please?
2: Exactly. I mean, we introduced uh, an overweight rating for emerging market uh, corporate hard currency bonds late last year, and the the China reopening team was the trigger there, uh, among other supportive factors. But mostly it was about the China reopening hopes. And it worked surprisingly well, the the performance was good uh, of the segment so far this year, uh, specifically also if we consider all these China disappointments that we get. Uh, and, And I guess we agree here that China turned from this tailwind more to a headwind now. Um, we kept the overweight uh, for quite a bit longer, mostly because of the positive tactical picture. So there was low net supply of bonds to the market, uh, kind of a scarcity premium here. But this argument is not sufficient anymore in our view, especially as the good performance that we had also means that spreads are tighter now. So also from a valuation perspective, it's less convincing and Also, our colleagues in Asia turned less constructive on the Asia uh, high-grade segment. And, you know, Asian bonds have a significant weight in emerging markets, uh, corporate hard currency complex, uh, up to 50%, depending on on the aggregate that you take. So it is only a logical consequence that we uh, also downgraded the complex now as a whole from all weight to neutral.
0: Okay, but I'm right in thinking that you would still favor emerging market hard currency bonds over global high yield. Is that correct?
2: Yes, that's correct. That's uh, how we think. Uh, Within the riskier segments, we would still prefer emerging market hard currency debt compared to the the riskiest uh, global high yield segment where we still have an underweight rating. Um, There are still some opportunities, we think, in emerging markets, notably also in in Latin America and the Middle East, Um, still here with a quality tilt. But overall, if we just look at the risk reward combination, uh, we think adding this country risk layer or uh, EM risk layer uh, compared to the default risk in developed markets, it's still a better risk reward combination. Um, In in developed markets, we think that uh, still the spreads that we see there don't really account for the upcoming uh, defaults that we are still going to see and have ahead of us.
0: Okay. Well, thank you for clarifying that decision, Dario, and updating us on the key topics in the bond markets right now.
2: You're welcome, Bernadette. And thank you for inviting me.
0: Well, that's it for today's podcast. I'd like to thank my guests for contributing and you for listening. Please join us again tomorrow when Helen Freer will be back with our experts to guide you through what's moving markets. Meanwhile, good luck today and goodbye for now. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information. Beyond Markets is a weekly podcast where Julius Bear experts and external speakers discuss some of the latest market developments. They share their key research and insights on today's ever-changing economic landscape and present practical advice. Search for Beyond Markets on your favourite podcast player.